I got me a circumcision. <laughs> Have you ever listened to the podcast? <laughs> Hi, I'm his mom. Welcome back to Buckle Up, baby. Episode 37. So exciting to have our guest this week to complete the distant cousins guest list. We had on cousin David Swirsky, and now we get to have on my other bandmate, Dove Rosenblatt. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Have you ever listened to the podcast? It's great. <laughs> it's a great time. Great show, great show. Big oh, fan. Dove, this is exciting. This is fun for me um, <laughs> that you're crossing over into this world of mine. And uh, one of the themes we talk about a lot is, you know, the Jews from our community, the modern Orthodox community, um, doing things that are a little more outside the box. So Big audience, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, and just to, you know, I mean, David has a very different story than both of us in yes. the band, and we've... We're constantly hearing new information from him about oh, yeah. his uh, his background, but I'd love to talk to. <laughs> we'd love to talk to you more about uh, his background, his background, <laughs> and your background. Yeah. And you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are to the folks, to the to the fan who watches. Buckle up. <laughs> Hi, Ami's mom. Uh, um, definitely no, not her. And David, yeah. David watches. Oh yeah, David. David. David's this mom is, this is for cousin yeah. David. Um, my name is Dove. Mm. Rosenblatt. I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, and then my family moved to Teaneck, New Jersey, the hub. Ooh, ooh. Of, Didn't know that. Yeah. At what age? Uh, I was 13. Huh. And uh, yeah, that's where you are, yeah? Yeah. So the old stomping grounds, it's changed a lot since I was there. Yeah, it changes. But, I tell people Teaneck, decade to decade, Teaneck is yeah, I've got lots a of lot. decades on yeah. me, yeah. Really, uh, when I go there, it feels like a time capsule. Yeah, you think you're going right back, huh? I, a little bit, yeah. I don't know. I just At least the restaurants haven't really... Ev- I mean, there's some new spaces, but it that hasn't really true. evolved. You feel like you're <laughs> right back mm-hmm. in 1993 or something. Yeah, but that's fair. I hear that. You mean in terms of the demographic or the types of yeah. Jews? Yeah, I think the demographic. Yeah, the culture, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, my family was always kind of chasing, like, the modern Orthodox hub. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so that's why my parents are now in Riverdale in the Bronx, which is, like, you know... Another one of those. Is that why they moved there? Uh, that's a big part of why they moved. It was, you know, they also just, they were at the age where they were ready for uh, a doorman, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I told them they could have just had a doorman at their house in Teaneck, but no. Probably cheaper than was, moving yeah, to pay yeah. them a yearly <laughs> salary. Um, and then, yeah, so I lived in New York for many years, and then I lived in L.A. for a little over a decade. Really? And then I just moved to uh, <laughs> Nashville about a year ago. So now I'm a Tennessean. Mm. And how would you compare Nashville to Teaneck? It's so similar. <laughs> Nashville and Teaneck, it's just... Uh, yeah. Nashville to Teaneck? Yeah. yeah. Teaneck's like the question. Nashville of the Garden State. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Line <laughs> dancing and hoedowns sure, and honky-tonks. All of it. Yeah. I definitely want to hear more about the Nashville yeah. move. Mm-hmm. Just tracking back a yeah. little bit. Uh, you know, I remember back in the day, there was a few of us in like the East Coast Jewish music scene mm-hmm. that were taking music more seriously than just a hobby, you know? And mm-hmm. you were one of the first people I think that somebody talked about to me as referenced, oh, do you know who Dove Rosemalette is? Because I was doing, um, like, music in high school and starting to write original music, and I think a couple of friends of mine were at summer camp with you. You were the counselor, yeah. and you were, like, recording. Yeah, that's how I know Dove. Yeah, yeah, throwing it to Michael. Yeah, so. Michael was a camper of yours. That's correct. I remember. And what did you do to him? (laughs) Well, 
Something yeah, with the, no, I'm ready to tell my story. Something yeah. with a broomstick. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I remember one summer. Um, That's terrible. Yeah. I wonder how old you were because at the time, you know, I thought you were like in your 40s. But oh, you, wow, you took the summer to record <laughs> from the basement up basement tapes. Oh yeah, yeah. With what would Mr. Franklin say? An ordinary wow. girl. Holy you shit, did, Michael's you did a stalker. Your yeah, no, yeah. I, I remember it because you were one of the first people I encountered who took something creative seriously. Right. And 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 I do remember back in my I, 40s. Back in your 40s, right? You're not going to live that one. Uh, No, Um, you know, you always think like your counselors are like, you were probably like 17. Probably like five years (laughs) old. No, it is true. When you're a camper, you think your counselors are are pseudo adults. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You were like. No, um, Mosheva is kind of notorious for that. They're like, mm -hmm. "Uh, you're a year older than that kid. Yeah, you could be their counselor. That's cool. Um, But no, but I remember there was also some like energy around it, and I probably Mm. wouldn't have been able to point it out at the time, but it was also a a little bit like. What's Dove doing? Like Dove is like, what does he? What does he think this is gonna like be an album that he sells? Like, yeah. like he's spending his summer doing this. So he was forty and yeah. you were sixty at the time. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Like what are you gonna no, make? What are you gonna do with your life? Here? Well, even from fifteen the other, years old, I know better. Even from the other eighteen-year-olds yeah. our age in the community, there was already filtered down like. Like this sort of like attitude towards you, a screw like, you, sue you attitude. Oh my <laughs> God, you guys are. <laughs> do our research, though. I'm a guest. That's impressive. That's crazy. No, but it's, yeah. no, no, but, no, but there scary. was like no from our parents. It filters down to, yes. to the teenagers and yes. then to, to even the campers. Was oh, the like, judgment. The judgment. The right. judgment of like doves. Doves taking this a little too seriously. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think. I don't know. Those. I, I remember your this the first CD I ever saw that wasn't like a quote real CD mainstream that you buy at Sam Goody yeah. that wasn't like out there. I yeah. think was like your CD. With your face on it, uh-huh. uh, with recorded music, yeah. and I was like, you know, fifth. I was like fourteen, and I'm like, somebody made this that like that can be done. Right. I remember, you know, yeah. it was a huge undertaking at the time. I imagine in yeah. the, uh, like early two thousands. Like, right? The questions we get now, where it's like, are you guys on Spotify? Like, is that are you right. guys on Apple? Like, you can do that. Like, yes. Anyone can do. You can you make can, that happen. Yeah. I'm on Spotify. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if any, if you can do it, anyone can do it. I know but, you have a lot of fans. On Spotify. But it all had this mystique to it, and yeah. you were one of the first people I knew of that was breaking that, right. you know, mystique a little bit and actually doing. Yeah. It. I don't know. I mean, well, so there's a couple things. First of all, I think it's hilarious that you were thinking that already. As like, what? How old were you? Like 13, 14? Probably. Yeah. And you already. And and I think you nailed it. Like that. That judgment comes from the parents and then seeps down and so these little kids are already you know thinking like what what are you going to do with music and CD like so <laughs> i kind of love that um voice because i wouldn't say that that's like one of the motivations but it's like you know yeah mm-hmm. you can do it you um and i at the time i wasn't really thinking i didn't know what what i was going to do with it what it would be but it was really just about like the the process and just recording of it i always always love that i was in i started a band in second grade and i remember going into the music studio when i was in second grade because a kid in my class i lived in baltimore and a kid in my class his aunt like did the music at the baltimore orioles stadium so like she had a a studio where she produced all the music and he took us there in second grade and i was like i have a tape of songs i've written and like I, I remember it clearly. I saw this j- huge console, you mm-hmm. know, and then the the mic booth with the microphones and all the gear. And I was like, it's just that like, oh, 
love that. Movie. And this was in yeah. the 80s. A lot of cocaine. A lot of cocaine. <laughs> the best. The best cocaine. You thought like, it was sugar. Yeah. It's like, sugar. Oh, that's today? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's like 12, 12 kids there. You were, that's seven years old. That's super early for that kind of thing. It was pretty early. You just visited? or did you And we visited, and then we, we recorded. We made a, a cassette. Did you play drums? You know? I played keyboard and sang. I sound like a little girl. It's oh kind of God. terrible. We have to I find have that this. tape. We have to find this. Uh, we were called the Maniacs. And um, wait, oh, oh, it wasn't on like a trip. They took you to record something. Yeah, we went the... to record. Oh, we went it. to record some original songs. And you like, wrote them? Yeah. At cool. seven years old? Yeah. We gotta find. Do you remember these. any of them? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were pretty bad. Um, but you know, it was. I, so yeah. I've always, I've always loved it, and I never really cared really much about like what was going to happen i just knew that i wanted to do that and, and so and do you think yeah. that has anything to do with your uh your father's in in the creative line of work right mm -hmm. good mm. question yeah my dad is an editor he's been he just retired last year but he was an editor for 50 years mm -hmm. um and i think that definitely had a lot to do with it i think i saw that he was passionate about something in the arts and just pursued it and made it work he had told me all of his stories, like how his first job was at TV Guide, um, and like just he would just take any job, and he just knew what he wanted to do, and just figured out a way to make it work. And so I I learned early on from watching him that it was possible to, you know, pursue your passion and just figure out a way to work. Yeah, of all the work. band parents by far, Dove's parents yeah. are just the they show up at every gig, even the ones in LA, mm -hmm. and they didn't live there the whole time we were there. But they're right. at so many shows. I never got the sense from them that they were at all discouraging of creative endeavors. Uh, was there a concern? Did they still have yeah. some of the Jewish gene in them? Oh, of like, for sure. Yeah. Well, when you hit a certain age, you're like, yeah. um, okay, here's the here's the uh, fork in the road. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? And you know, but they they really they have been very supportive. Mm -hmm. There was, I mean, I remember after so the band I was in in college called Blue Fringe. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, we were together all through college, and then as everyone was graduating, we hit this you know, path where uh, fork in the road where it's like, well, what are we going to do? And we, I remember in my apartment, all of us sitting there like discussing, you know, you're well, seniors in college at the time. Yeah. So we jumped from seven years old. You're now a senior. <laughs> in college. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing really happened in the middle. Of just, just pause for one second. Was there in the, in between the high school yeah. and like summer camp when you're like writing songs, that yeah. was just you just sticking with it, playing guitar, piano and, yeah, I always play piano, and then I went to summer camp, and I was like, I can't bring my piano. It's mm -hmm. so nerdy to play keyboard. So mm -hmm. I learned guitar, <laughs> and my friend at the time, Avi Hoffman, was playing guitar. He mm -hmm. ended up being the guitarist in our band. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so, and we had a band. It's actually me and Avi had a, like, you know, we wrote songs together in summer camp. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was just always something that was a part of my life, and it was just always, as you know, like mm -hmm. fun, a great outlet, Good way to meet yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you play a little glycerin by Bush. And it's yeah, just... you know, when you're at that age, you play the Don't right songs. Don't let the and... days go by glycerin. Yeah. I can just fake, yeah. You have your go-to songs for that. Totally. For sure. Summer camp, it's a, it's a weapon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> I have some questions yeah. about your blue fringe days, unless you have. Yeah, we're getting. I want to yeah, yeah, catch back up. I just we get we jumped from seven to. 20. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, so now you got jump. to college. Blue fringe happened because. Your very Blue first Fringe band? happened because when well, so I knew I knew Avi from camp. Mm -hmm. We were always playing music together, and I had gone in Israel to Yeshiva Hartzion to Gush, mm -hmm. and I knew Chaim Danzig, who ended up being the bassist. We played there. We had a a band um, 
in school, mm-hmm. and I wrote this song there called "Flippin' Out." In on Purim, it was for Purim. It was like a spoof, making mm-hmm. fun of the whole, you know, for people who you who are aware of that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and that song. This is definitely. So this was in my 60s already because I'm dating right. myself now. There was Napster. This is the story uh, how Dove went viral before yeah. there was viral. And Benjamin Buttons, like, yeah. I'm going backwards here. But uh, no, yeah, it, it went viral, really, on Napster. And all of a sudden, people were just sending... We, did, we went to a studio in Israel. We recorded that song. And that version just, like, started being passed around colleges. Yeah. So when we, right when we got to college, it was 2001. The MP3 file was being the shared MP3 around the down? was being wow. shared on Napster. I have, wait, I have a question yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. I, so how old are you? Eight, 19? I was 18, 19. So yeah. what does it feel like? Like, that, that's kind of the dream, right? Like, you just kind of start, and then right, right away, yeah. you have a hit. Like, and that was, yeah. like, a bona fide hit for, like, where you're, like, what what, that, yeah, what, that what did that feel like as 18 to be, like, were you, like, I'm done? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be <laughs> no, a, the, a Jewish rock star now? <laughs> uh, I mean, at that time, I really didn't know what, like, in the next few years, it, like, it exploded. So right away, I was just like, wow, that's, I, it's just so cool that this little thing that you work on with a few friends gets passed that's around. That's how you process and, it. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I wasn't thinking, I did... For better or worse, it did make me realize, like, oh, wow, you can actually be successful at this. You know, like, it's not just for fun and a hobby and all of a sudden. So, like, within the first year, it, like, exploded and we were, you know, freshmen in college and we were actually doing pretty well financially all of a sudden. We're getting paid for concerts and being flown around. And like the band Blue Fringe is born out of this song? The song came yeah, first? Yeah, because so the song came first. When, right when we got to college, um, someone from University of Pennsylvania reached out to me. We heard the flipping Out song, Can You Come Play a Concert mm. and Play That Song? And so I was like, sure, let's put a band together. Is the Hello House at, at Penn yeah, or something? Yeah, Hello oh, at cool. Penn. Yeah, yeah it was our this. first show. So we put a band together for that show. I knew Avi. Kind of like how we put a band together. Yeah, for something. You just put it together. Sometimes those are the best when you don't overthink it and it's just really natural. And I knew Chaim and I knew Avi. Chaim uh, had grown up with Danny from Philly, who's a drummer. Mm -hmm. He's like, I got a great drummer. There was actually a fifth member at the time, Matt Weinberg, who's Mm -hmm. now like Rav Moshe Weinberg. Um, Didn't know this, did you? You know him? Wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) There was a fifth member. That was great. Michael's wait, drooling. Wait, wait, it was Rabbi <laughs> Rav Weinberg. Rabbi Moshe Weinberg, <laughs> who's like member. a big guy at YU now, right? I think he's a big... oh, oh, Weinberger, I'm thinking. No, Weinberg, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, me and Rav Goldberg. Rav Goldberg was in the band. I don't know, I don't know who <laughs> Rav Weinberg is at YU. Oh, uh, okay. Know, well, okay. he's... You were thinking like someone who was definitely in their forties or fifties at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it was confusing. Yeah, it was strange. <laughs> okay, so off of the heels of this, there's so already momentum, the hills, which we is put exciting. It together, and right at that first concert, really, like I, people were coming over. They're like, "What's your band?" We didn't have a band mm-hmm. name. It was Dove Rosenblatt and Friends or something. It was terrible, you know. Did you think of Blue Fringe too? Was that you? Um, no. In all fairness, we had Danny had a. We were coming up with names. I had a whole like list, and mm. some of them were really bad. We knew we wanted something like. Jewish themed, but that could cross over mm-hmm. and be, you know, so it has mainstream. to be English words, Jewish theme, English word, Jewish theme. That was very much our thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Danny was like, you know, a friend of mine had this. I don't know why I went into divid mode. Uh, <laughs> like, had this, you know, whatever. It was a great mm-hmm. name. I just I uh, felt nothing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he he said the, he's not using this name, but he came that, up with it so great, and person. it was so much better than anything we came up with. We all recognized that. We're like, yes, yeah. So. Um, and that's it. People came over. They were like, what's your band name? Where can we find your music? Mm-hmm. And then we were, we start. The best part, as you know, from being in a band mm-hmm. was 
that that motivated us to take it seriously. And so three or four nights a week at, at YU, we had a space where we rehearsed and that was the best. Like mm. we would play all night. So we got good. Like we got tight because yeah. we didn't want to go to class mm. and do work. We just played music all the time. And so then... And you were gigging at what kinds we were, of things at this time? Like so then it just, you know, we started playing at uh, different universities. We played like every Jewish summer camp and high schools and JCCs and Chabad's and Hillel's. It was it was nuts. I mean, mm. we we really, we traveled like all over, like Australia, Israel, South Africa, England. It was crazy. I think that's when we first crossed paths. There were like shows in Jersey that were put yeah. together by nonprofits. Jersey, I should have mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> and, Australia, <laughs> Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. And we were, I remember <laughs> hearing about this. It was just cool to see yeah. like... You know, in our scene of like the tri-state area, Jersey, and like Moshav band and all these mm -hmm. other bands, you were kind of joined up with those. Yeah, with that's with that Jewish music. Was that post college, I guess, or sort of in? It was in college. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then we we continued a few years after college, and then it was just like it's just not going to work for uh, people who want to get real jobs and families. Right. So during that time yeah. when you were in college and playing all yeah. over, was there also the pressure to be like, pick a major because when college oh, is over, yeah. you're going to have to have a job? Oh, of course. Yeah. I heard your voice in my head. What are you going to do with this? What do you, <laughs> you know, like my, my little campers are going to be and so disappointed when I'm a poor. No, I definitely always have had that pressure and pull of like, come on, what are you really, what are you doing? And was yeah. there this sort of, uh, disconnect between sort of your longer game aspirations in music and the rest of the bands who were thinking like, okay, mm. once this is done, it's a fun ride. But I feel like, did you have in your head, it's either going to be Blue Fringe or I'm going to keep going, like no matter what. Like, Yeah, I think I always, like I said, like I've always been in bands and mm. I've always been writing. And so I just kind of knew that I would hopefully get to continue it, mm. whatever happens. I would have loved for it to keep going. And, and I remember that talk in my apartment where like some people wanted to mm -hmm. and some couldn't. And we were like, well, we can't do it if it's not all four of us together. And um, but yeah, I, I think also like we I knew that we hit a ceiling within mm -hmm. the Jewish world because there's just, you know, there's only so far you can go. We traveled, we played all the places, mm -hmm. you know, um, and there's just there's just like kind of only so far you can go and as far as the success of it mm -hmm. and so and i was always the irony is that i never really listened to jewish music like mm -hmm. i didn't grow up listening to i mean you know a little bit here and there it was on but it wasn't like i that's not what i preferred to listen to i was mm -hmm. always into mainstream regular secular music and so that was also like i knew i wanted to go that route mm -hmm. too did it become tiresome to have to wear the hat of a jewish music artist and have that stick to you and was there yeah. a part of you that like yeah you know, where you know, at first you kind of lean into it, yeah, and then it when it becomes something that you feel like you have to, I don't know, always match in terms of a, a persona. Yeah, there there was something, and and my bandmates gave me a hard time about it because mm -hmm. I, for better or worse, I do care mm -hmm. about that and like how I was perceived, and so. Um, yeah, I don't know. There would be times where we'd like play a concert for Saturday night and mm. they'd put us up for Shabbos. And mm. I was very, you know, cautious about like, well, we should really show up to Shul. And we mm -hmm. should be there, make a good example. Right. And, you know, the other guys are like, who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> I'm sleeping in. And oh, I thought you were going to say, I thought it was the opposite. I thought you were like, I want to, I want to do whatever I want. I don't want to oh, be no. pigeonholed as this Jewish religious figure. Um, it was the opposite. You wanted, you, you felt like you it's had not to that keep I wanted to. I did definitely feel like I kind of had to keep something or i was just at least like aware of it you know um huh. but but it wasn't 
it's like you know you're just like in a band. It's not yeah. like anybody looks up to you for. But more, <laughs> but, uh, but, but uh, maybe more from an artistic perspective and less a yeah. like you know sort of image perspective. There's yeah. something about in the mu- we're in the music business. Yeah. We make music, and there is this maybe artificial divided line that we all put between. Okay, that's our that's is Jewish music. Yeah, this is this audience. It's smaller. It's right. and then there's legit real music. You know, right. that's sort of how people perceive it. It's like. Oh, well, you make Jewish music, so that's local. That's something people can say. Okay, fine. But I remember when we started, and we started, people, there was this whole other, you know, cachet that people were, you know, putting on it. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, they're like, but they're making like real. And I wonder if that hierarchy is just something that we make up in our heads, or Mm -hmm. have we come to terms with it in different ways? Maybe you could talk a little bit about it. Yeah, that's a good point. I I think that it's a combination. I think Mm -hmm. like it is somewhat um, made up, but also, yeah, like for our music, I always knew even though that we were singing Jewish themed and a mm-hmm. lot of it was in Hebrew, I, I never thought of it as the same as the Jewish music. Like we'd be on these lineups of concerts with like the Hevra and mm-hmm. everybody. And, <laughs> and I was also young and just, you know, arrogant and thought like, you know, <laughs> we're, we're not in the same league as these bands, but we were, I mean, we mm-hmm. were playing the same shows and, right. in, in a way. But, but did I, you think of it in the same league as like, you know, the singer songwriters you were listening to in the secular world? In a, uh, yes and no, because mm-hmm. what our favorite thing was always like we would play this concert of mm-hmm. Jewish music and like the non-Jewish sound guy would come over and compliment and we'd mm-hmm. be like, ah, like that's that's how you know it's just good music. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, you know. So I think we we did. And again, like and my bandmates also like really none of them listened to Jewish music, like all of our influences even for blue fringe came from mm-hmm. other bands that we all listened to and just we kind of funneled it through this is the stuff that we want to sing and talk about right. but but um but yeah I, but you're right i mean cuz that's why i also was motivated to do other projects cuz i felt like i wanted to do something that could really cross over or just be in the mainstream yeah, I wonder if I wonder if it comes from the fact that in those days, in order to break out to a wider audience, you had to play that game of playing the music that could resonate with wider audiences. And the minute you were doing Jewish music or singing in Hebrew, you were just narrowing your scope. It's not that you weren't yeah. proud of the music or it wasn't fulfilling, but I always said to myself, like, the second you hear a Hebrew phrase, it's like, okay, you've just caught out like yeah, three quarters of the world. It's less true today. I wonder if there was a Yishai Rebo around at the time, right. crushing it and selling out arenas. Mm. You, you, if you would have perceived doing Jewish music differently, or, or I would have perceived it differently, because now you can build up audiences in yeah. such a more organic way that it, like the lines are so blurred. Like right. say a phrase in Hebrew, Matzis Yahu hadn't done a hadn't made any records yet. There yeah. wasn't these like trailblazers yeah. of people who had opened it up a little bit. So yeah. it's true. I. Well, to jump all the way forward, yeah. um, just a week ago, I started recording my first solo album, mm-hmm. and it's all Hebrew. And I just showed you uh, some of the rough mm-hmm. songs last night, and I, I, uh, yeah, it's exciting. I wasn't thinking much of it, and it's, this one really is a passion project, and mm-hmm. I just have had these songs, melodies like lying around for years, mm-hmm. and I just really wanted to get it out there and just do it. And now the irony is that I have I have this kind of, I don't know, I just have this feeling, even from the people I've been talking to, I'm recording it in Nashville, um, and like a couple of people who aren't Jewish at all have heard about it and they're like very interested to hear it. You know, I'm like, are you sure? It's all in Hebrew. They're just mm-hmm. Hebrew prayers. They're like, yeah, I want to hear that. That sounds awesome. So yeah, I think there's a lot more openness to it and just um, 
People are. I mean, what's the band? Uh, Sigur Ross. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard their music? Like it's in incredible. Gaelic, right? I don't know yeah. what doesn't matter. Like yeah. I don't know what the hell he's Who's saying. I love it. It's yeah. great. So like, if someone looks at my Hebrew album like yeah. that, who cares what he's saying? It's interesting to come full circle. Yeah. Out of, which I want to get to the in between yeah. part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between yeah. Blue and that. I like. But yes. yeah. no, just uh, <laughs> I mean, Zusha. I think they yeah. they're on the world like the world music charts. Like, oh yeah, yeah. That's what it is. It's just like cultural indigenous music that would. Um, I would love to see you um, come back onto the Jewish music scene because, like, because well, now I think it is like <laughs> the the artists are religious role models. Yeah, like um, even like Ishai Reba was like giving Divrei Torah and like right. um, like Zusha mm-hmm. especially. They're, like, oh, they're, yeah. like, I would love to see you. Like, it's almost like coming back from the past to be like, yeah. no man, there's a different way to do it. That'd be yeah. really exciting to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what do you want to ask about? Uh, you want a Dvartoro? I'll give you Dvartoro. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> this thing's <laughs> Well, so like, so Blue Fringe is at that crossroads. Yeah. And how many years after college was it? did it eventually people go their separate ways? Because there was, a, like, there we was a window. So, yeah, it was probably like three or four years after college. Like right. we were together eight Eight years, right? Or nine years. And then it reaches a crossroads, and you're like, "Okay, guys, yeah. I'm going pro. I'm I, 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 not not that it yeah, wasn't yeah. before, but I'm I'm going the next step and continuing." Well, right at the end of it, I guess I've been lucky that these projects kind of fall into my lap in a way. Like, mm-hmm. right at the end of it, someone who was a fan of Blue Fringe and of C. Landsbaum, mm-hmm. who's a great guitar player, who's an innocence that turned into Soul Farm, they approached us and said, "We want to put you innocence. guys together, mm-hmm. and here's." funding for an album so wow i think it was like in the last year of blue fringe i was also going to seize studio and recording and we ended up writing a ton of songs together and put an album called fools for april that was our band mm-hmm. um and so that led to that and then it was all uh kind of like damien rice right when damien rice's first album came out and amos lee and it was just yeah. in that in that vein and so that fulfilled that need for me to like get out and do some music that wasn't Jewish music. And um, did you yeah. like, um, were you like resentful at that point? Were you like, I'm not going to touch Jewish music or like, mm. were you like, um, I was a yeah. little do bit you have a jaded chip on your with shoulder? The, no, no chip on my shoulder. I was a little bit jaded just with the scene. Um, because I just look, I mean, like we were just talking about some music is either good or bad. It doesn't matter what it is, but there happened to be just a lot of, just kind of schlockiness, I don't know how else to say it, around a lot of that scene that I was just kind of done with. Unprofessionalism and things and things of that nature? Yeah, yeah. I Defined guess, for the folks. Yeah, the schlockiness. Of a very Laziness. diverse audience. Huh? Laziness. Um, In what sense, yeah, schlockiness? Man. Is it industry-related or is it like... Or, or, Use or, names. <laughs> what? So get specific. Use yeah, names. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is time for our segment called Name! Drop when we talk. No, like schlockiness in what sense? I'm I'm actually curious what you mean. Um, yeah, like things who are just kind of unprofessional and they just you know, um, you get treated like the help. Mm-hmm. Like there was uh, one one show where we we were playing. I think it was like in Lawrence, New York, and the guy who hired us like wanted to show us Lawrence. off like we were yeah Lawrence. Said Lawrence wanted to like show us off like we were you know his monkeys and like invited people over he's like sing sing for the people sing let me show them what you're gonna play tonight sing we're like it's yeah. a rock band like wait you'll hear us tonight and he's like okay go 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 eat we set you up in the kitchen like we were in the kitchen with the help like you know that's where they it just 
I don't know. There was just kind of a certain mentality of that. Like, There's a difference know. between Jewish music and Jewy music. Jewy, it started there to you get go. Very Jewy. Yeah. <laughs> Matis Yahu, I heard say that yeah. he used to like travel. You know, he'd, he'd play like um, like a theater. Yeah. And then after the show, he he would he would be expected to go to someone's house and like do a firmering and oh, like, absolutely like for free. You know. And, yeah. And he was like 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 done. what is this? He's done with yeah. it. Yeah. Like why why am I expected to do this? Right. So yeah. you took over with the beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm, doing, I'm doing the I theaters now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're doing the Fabrangans. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. But also, Dove, you Good said that you. um, th- there was time for like some artistic refreshment of to refresh yeah. yourself and palette of uh, getting into stuff that you'd always wanted to do mm-hmm. but didn't quite fit into the Blue Fringe box. Yep. So that was Fools for April. So that was Fools for April. Yeah. And then from there, you know, we got to we played at uh, Rockwood Music Hall. Mm-hmm. We actually opened for Amos Lee. One I saw night. that yeah. show. You were there. I was there. Nice. Really? Yeah. Oh, I went with you. Yes, you oh, did. That, that was one of the oh. greatest experiences of my life. Hearing Amos Lee, you too. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that that's where you were going. Amos well, Lee. Amos Lee did Slay. Of Remember course, that? Was like, I was a huge. Fan. I didn't know a human being could oh, could do that. It I just saw him so in Nashville incredible. at the Ryman Auditorium, and it was incredible. Yeah. 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 This was like a tiny he little room. Still got it. Closet. We were all just like this. Yeah. You guys played. It's nice. Yeah. You guys played. It was great. Yeah, almost, and he came on. I remember, and the, I would that was pin drop. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, it blew my mind. Yes, with just an acoustic. Yeah, and his yeah. voice, and and he's still thinking also, like you know, yeah. what am I gonna do with this? Like, <laughs> am I gonna? You can hear the gonna make a living as people are just like swaying back and forth. It was yeah. dead quiet. Yeah. Um, but you were now joining up into that scene. So that yes, cool. we were joining up into that scene, and that you know gave me the exposure to the real music scene, mm-hmm. if you will. You know, yeah. for for better or worse, there's. The secular yeah. music scene. Yeah. We don't yeah. have to say more real, less real. Just a different audience. Yeah. And a different, a different uh, approach and different t- styles of music. Yeah. Um, and that went on until... And what, and when, then you moved to L.A. at what point? Moved to L.A. in 2010. So, yeah, we were... I was still... I had been finished with Fools for April. It's... Wow, I can <laughs> track my... Everything through bands that yeah. I was in. Um, I started working with Talia Osteen mm-hmm. in a band, The Wellspring, which was a crazy story, actually, because C and I had a meeting with uh, with her. She was working at this production company in film, and we really wanted to get our songs into film. That was like mm-hmm. 2009 or something. You know, it was starting to become a big thing, and I was just learning about it. Mm-hmm. So we had a meeting with her about it, and I sent her our music, and she was like, I love your music, and, you know, I actually write poetry and I would love to write songs maybe I could send it to you and she sent me an email of just a ton of poems and I experimented with like putting some music to some of them and we ended up with again just like a whole a whole batch of songs that we didn't intend to start a band but she ended up leaving her job which was a nice job as like a big production company and uh and then we went yeah that was a whole nother that was yeah. in conjunction with when you moved to LA and started working. Right, it was yeah. right around that time. I think we started like a year before I moved to LA, and we went on tour. She she's incredible and figured out a way to get us on tour. Like within our first year of being a band, we mm-hmm. were opening for Ben Queller and Pete Yorn like thirty city tour. That. Yeah, wow. This was uh, your ba- the the so post Fools for April, you formed a band called the Wellspring. The Wellspring. And began and yeah. touring very quickly. You had development for like a year before it was like kicked exactly. off. Exactly. Yeah, we just got right into it, and and you're yeah. held at this point. I was twenty nine, and yeah, right around thirty, married. I was married. And are yeah. you like, are you moving to LA thinking like, 
like I really hope I figure something out or are you like this is what I'm doing I'll figure it out yeah hmm. you know are you like, like I'm a professional musician one way or another I will work in LA or I are think you I've like, always it's again for better or worse but maybe and maybe it's naive or whatever but I, d- I have always had this kind of comfortable feeling inside like mm-hmm. I'll, it's gonna it's gonna work out. I'm gonna make it work. An optimist. But an optimist, and also, you know, for sure there were ups and downs. I won't lie that mm-hmm. there was like I was always making it, but I was always getting by, you know, mu- with making a living from music enough that you know, even if I had to have a side job or something, right. like I would do that, and I was okay with that, so that I can continue. I can attest doing to this. It. Dove is yeah. like one of the few artists that there's like a serial entrepreneur, and most. <laughs> People, we talk a lot about the process yeah. of people being trapped with all of their ideas and aspirations in their head mm-hmm. and how they have a lot of trouble, especially creatives, turning those things into tangible things, into material things, into real things. Yeah. And you've never had that issue. It's just not right. something I've ever really noticed in you as a creative person. Dove, if he has an idea, it's like, all right, let's try it. And he can do it. Just mm-hmm. like there's not much of a barrier or resistance. Thanks, man. You know, like when we started writing music together, yeah. I remember we'd write like a verse I'd be like, cool, it's a good session. Yeah, and Dove would call the next day, and he'd be like, okay, so let's finish the song. I'm like, finish the song? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, yeah. We just did a verse. Let's like sit for a month. Not because I didn't want to, but I just, oh, yeah, got to finish it. And yeah. Dove is like the best finisher of oh, things, wow. and that, that gets them out into the world ever. And that's like your superpower. No way. Thank you. 100%. Wow. So yeah, we can skip. Let, let's skip Wasp Persona. Get to your. Let's, let's, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're. No, up. I guess I'm okay with being mediocre because I think that that's what sometimes yeah, yeah. stops yeah. people, is they're, especially with creatives. Mm. They have this uh, perfectionist mentality where mm. if it's not going to be perfect, I'm going to put it out there and then everyone's going to, you know, pull it down mm. and it's like just put it out there yeah. and let it be what it's going to be. And, and during this it. whole Try. time, are you. And this is a serious question. Are yeah. you are you ever thinking to yourself like, what like I did doing? I like am I ever gonna make anything? <laughs> I'm, I'm really interested. I'm really interested in flipping out seriously because okay, like okay. it's so rare to to make something that yeah. like really hits the nerve. Like uh-huh. to make something viral is not a simple thing. Right. Are you are you ever thinking to yourself like 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 have you ever had a song right. that's been as popular as flipping out? Um, I'm not saying it's know, good, so, but it's popular. Well, definitely <laughs> better. Like yes. Michael, you know, has, yeah. so has, has distant cousins like been listened to more than I don't know. Well, well, yeah, we I guess yeah, now okay, we have fun. like that's the answer. Right. I mean, we have the metrics now, like on Spotify, you can right. see you know the the millions of streams for distant cousins, mm. but um, we've had yeah, a wider right, audience right. because of the types of mu- music yeah, that we did. Right, exactly. You've had millions um, of distant cousins probably flipping out as. as there was probably a ceiling. Right. If at. there were, if there was Spotify back then, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how many numbers. You told I mean, me about this. If there was infrastructure back then, in for place sure. for a song, there was for... not YouTube. We didn't have yeah. a video of it. I mean, like it was right. viral on Napster. No one knows what Napster is. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I think if there were those metrics, it would be a different story. But at the same time, it was like you said, it struck a nerve. It was like this, you know, social satire. It was in yeah. that little scene, you know, it. Um, 200,000 so, views, I'd give it. Yeah, yeah. That's modern orthodox viral. Probably. Probably. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so you're yeah. on, t- I just okay. want to, yeah, for Dove's got that out of my story system. a little, which is interesting. No, yeah. that's, it's a, I, I want to get back to that. The, the, you're on tour, you're doing, yeah. you're in it, you're, you're hyper productive musically, constantly involved in projects. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe too much. Then <laughs> I arrived in LA oh, and everything. Then my life then changed, then changed, changed. My life changed. <laughs> So then, yeah, I guess we could get I up to, to buckle distant. up. Yes, just, yes, here exactly. we go. Then uh, we started working together, and you're active in playing with the Wellspring and yeah. doing that. And I think I was about to move to LA, and mm-hmm. 
I remember when we your... met up for coffee and the yeah. Jewish moms were like, yeah, you oh, to... you know, you should meet up with him. Yeah, He's coming to up LA. He also was trying to do You guys both do your little understand. music games. The thing with together. the strings, yeah. what do you call it? He's also doing the thing. What are yes. you going to do for a living? Yeah, so then we met up for coffee yeah. and just yeah. brainstormed a little bit. And I had done some commercial stuff. I had also been trying to hack away at it a little bit. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> did you end the rest of Did you end the when, the Wellspring to start Disney? No, I, I was still doing both. I I only only in the last few years, even though now I'm doing it. <laughs> no, I mean only in the last few years have I um really tried to just hone in on one. And honestly, I'm not just saying this cuz uh, cuz Ami's right here, but working with Distant Cousins was very different. It reminded me of like the early days of Blue Fringe. There was just this like band bond also i think because of the amount of rehearsal we did you know mm -hmm. like in david's studio those are like the best memories of just us staying up late and you know rehearsing For running sure. through songs writing, recording writing. writing all of that like that is the best part and that like just solidifies the band chemistry so mm -hmm. i think once i had that I realized like this kind of covers everything for me like i would i can I felt fulfilled, like with the writing, with the performing, with the production of it. I mean, yeah, all of it. So we're still. How many years are we together? Eight years? Nine years? I mean, that's it's the longest band I've been in. I'd, I'd give it ten. Yeah, so it's the longest yeah. band well, I've been in. All we're right, all sixty-two now. <laughs> and it's yeah, very, yeah it was a, a very as healthy... a sixty-five-year-old on ARP. <laughs> we also had the healthy, I think, <laughs> approach of we all came from different bands yes. and projects, and you get a lot of mistakes that you've made dynamics wise and mm -hmm. how you interact with people creatively and collaborate you get that out of your system and learn from those mistakes and we arrived all together with a yeah. pretty healthy dynamic you mm -hmm. know what else that you people don't often think about but it's that we're a trio mm -hmm. and i've been in a band where there were four members and then i was in a mm -hmm. duo and there is something magical about an odd number because the trinity there is that. There is that. I'm the father. He's the Holy Ghost. No, but you, for, uh, we have... I think David's the Holy Ghost. Yeah, that's probably true. You barely ever see him. No, but we have, this, we have this rule that we really respect, which is that if you get outvoted, no hard feelings, that's it. And so that happens a lot. Like, uh, almost everything we do... That's how we kicked David out. Yeah. It's like, um, well, two of us love this. So also, skill set-wise, it was a very yeah. good balance of different things, you know, between yeah. the creative process, lyrics, production, writing, and yeah. just had a good... Mm -hmm. Just had a a nice good flow and still goes till this day right that's why but what you said also is like we were all coming from different projects david still has mm -hmm. even even more than me mm -hmm. probably but um but everyone's okay with that like ami does this podcast and he does his comedy and like i think we dick all jokes does his comedy, does his comedy. <laughs> you know whatever he's doing we're with doing that an stuff. album about torah and i'm making dick jokes it's like yeah. we all have our <laughs> exactly and we're all okay with that and respect that and it's not like it's um you know i guess maybe it's an age thing also but i earlier on you think it's like threatening or something you know mm -hmm. so i think that that's that allows us to have those other outlets and come together for that project that we all work on and love but um yeah it is kind of funny that full circle that now i am <laughs> working on a making jewish a jewish record and and blue french just reunited and, and played blue, yeah and i <laughs> Michael wants you know to be what? your manager. This whole podcast was set up. Michael Seriously. is offering to manage the band and bring it back together. Yeah, I don't know, man. A little too skeptical, it seems. But um, we did. We had a reunion after. A real job. No matter what we talk yeah, about, you're exactly. like, you're like, about blue French. Yeah. <laughs> can, can we just talk about flipping out, please? Will you say it? Okay, Sorry, was that hard? Is no, that, are, are you kidding? Questions? I was just no. Just this last uh, Saturday night, we were in the, the Catskills and the bungalows, and we were hanging with a bunch of people, and they were like, oh. You're a musician. You get him a guitar. Get him a guitar. 
And then, you know, people like to pretend that they don't know about it. And then, sure enough, he's like, you're in a band? You're in a band? Oh, the Tuchel song, you know, with, with girls. Can you play it? You know, so surely... And then he starts knowing more details about it. I'm like, dude, why don't you just start <laughs> off by saying, hey, I'm a fan. Can you play? No, mm-hmm. but um, I'm fine with it. It's, it's, I think it's flattering. But we had a reunion. Uh, it was incredible. Sababa Fest. If you have not been, you should check it out. I am so impressed with that place. A thousand not hippie Jews. Not it's schlocky. A, what is it? it? Is, it's a Jewish... That is exactly right. It's the opposite of everything I was talking about. It very was Jewish, really, not very Jewish. What is yeah. Sababa? It was a festival. It's in the fifth year. It's extremely well organized. Like we we rolled up and there was a ton of, you know, volunteer security telling everyone where to park and showed us to our RV and the campgrounds was beautiful and all set up. There was music going on on a stage with like good sound, good lighting. It was just, it was so well done. It was not what we expected. But we hadn't played together in well over 10 years. And uh, it was just so fun to be together. Like on the one hand... There was a little voice inside that was like, oh, this is a little bit sad. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're the you're that reunion concert where people act. are coming mm-hmm. over and they're like, oh, my God, I listened when I was a little kid. Like, yes, I know. I get it. We're old. But it was just so fun. Like, mm-hmm. we were all just so appreciative to be playing. And and also you see the power. I know this sounds cheesy, but you see the power of music and it puts you in this place like for us and for the audience, they were all they were just singing along to every song because they were just remembering where they were when they were listening to it. It's yeah. like it's just cool to see that music has that lasting power. Yeah. David always talks about like how you know part of the reason he loves being a songwriter is you kind of escape mortality in a way. Like your songs live on if they're good and people like them. Your songs live on well beyond you're gone. Yeah. So yeah. that's really he's already in his seventies, so it makes well, sense. Yeah, exactly. I'm so interested. <laughs> I'm so interested in Blue Fringe because I think, like, <laughs> from our background, yeah. like, sort of, um, I, I, we, it, it's, it's, it's really the story of like how to have a proper professional creative career. Of like, I think most people might look at you and think, oh, flipping out, and mm-hmm. and then he probably just became an accountant. But right. like, like really, if like, like if if there's someone out there that's trying to do this, mm-hmm. like that that was a blip on on this very long sustainable career right. of like fulfilling making of music. Yeah. And like, it's important, I think, to see that. Of yeah. Like, um, for for someone looking from our community to look at you and yeah. and and understand that, like, you can have flipping out, and then you can have mm-hmm. a whole different thing after that and yeah yeah Yeah, you definitely i mean uh, that's a part of what the band represented of being on the fringe obviously Mm -hmm. but like you don't have to fit in that box and just be exactly like the i mean i wouldn't be a professional musician if i cared that much about Mm -hmm. what the community thinks i can't tell you how many you know meals on shabbat people give you a hard time about it like really Mm -hmm. come like you know as you thought all the way back when you were a little camper that's the same thing everybody thinks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't care. I'd rather do something that I'm passionate about and happy with. And thank God, been able to. Yeah. To, get to rid yourself of the yeah. idea of how you are in somebody else's head is really yeah. something that is just a real waste of energy. Mm-hmm. And but that does the- come with your 40s, by the way. <laughs> now oh. that I'm actually in my 40s. Oh, yeah. interesting. People talk oh, about yeah. that. Like, you just really stop caring. Because, you know... I don't know what it is. It, it, like, it clicks. It's I like, feel like I you know. tell yourself you stop caring well before you do stop caring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, like, now you It's like, I don't really, really care, do. but you, like, want to sit there. And like you yeah. said, you had a chip, like, I want to prove to these people that right. I don't have to be an accountant. I right. can do this, and it will work for me, and I'll figure out a way for it to make, to make it work for me. Yeah. And that's... That motivation is still trying, is still like, you know, 
Yeah. It's still it, being motivated by their perception of you more than your own perception. I mean, it takes time to rid yourself For of sure. that. Still too long. Yeah. 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 No, I know. It, it it motivates some of your decisions, and now it's not. I mean, I'm a I'm a canter in Nashville. Like, right. I never, ever <laughs> thought that I would be doing that. Yeah. And I just... You know, I'm just try. I just try to be open to see what's right in front of me if it works right. for where I'm at. I think so. the fact that you're making a new original music, <laughs> yeah. original Jewish music record, is dem- demonst- demonstrative. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. I know it doesn't sound right, but that's uh, that right. demonstrative. <laughs> demonstrative <laughs> yeah. of the fact that you yeah. are ridding yourself more and more of this yeah. idea of like, who cares how I'm perceived as an artist or as a Jew? It's I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna be me. And you be I'm gonna be my I'm thing. Can we get a quick time check? Because I just want to yeah. make sure. I want to talk about Nashville. Yeah, it's two forty-four. Okay, we gotta go. and then we'll, we're gonna get you are converting to Islam. We're gonna get that yes. next time. <laughs> is that is that what happens at the end of every podcast? <laughs> you guys convert <laughs> people. We convert. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we do have to wrap up. No, no, Michael no, has no, no. place to go in fifteen minutes or so. Yeah, what, do you my, have a job? No. I want no, to talk to you about what you're I'm doing. Dude. This job. is what you're doing with <laughs> right. your life. Correct, correct. Buckle up. So, just to <laughs> I'm wrap up, I'm writing a biography about you. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> His next job: managing the Blue Fringe reunion tour. <laughs> Actually, um, so now it. you are in Nashville yeah. and you're recording an, uh, an album of original Jewish music. Very mm-hmm. exciting. When Jewish expe- country music. When can we expect that? Though? <laughs> is it? No. Uh, well, that's not. I got me a circumcision. <laughs> it really is sore. I shouldn't have gotten it when I was 14. <laughs> Hot damn! I, I can't wait. Yeah, you should hear. It. It's called Big Bad Briss. Um, so when when can we expect it? Any idea? Um, in like an hour. <laughs> okay. No, it's we're in the middle of working on it, and then I'd say in the next. I think I would like to try to release it right before Rosh Hashanah, before the mm. new year, um, cool. which is coming up mm-hmm. soon. So, uh, but yeah, I, it's the same thing you were talking about before. Like I had this idea. I knew my wife was going away with the kids for a couple of weeks and mm. I was going to have time that I never really get. So I was like, how can I be most productive? So I booked this producer and studio and just went in every day and we're pretty much finished with it. Now we have like a couple more things to track and then mixing. So mm. like within the next month or so. And I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know exactly how There's a void to, for, for good yeah. Jewish... Or, uh, you know, authentic organic, Jewish music, kinda, organic right. music. I think I think it should do especially well. American because really there are it. there are know. the Yishai Rebos and everything, mm-hmm. and I yeah. love like mm-hmm. I think he's amazing. But mm-hmm. there aren't a whole lot of Amer. I again we were talking about like being. I was insecure about it for a long time too because I have friends who are Israeli and I know that the way I say Hebrew, mm-hmm. they think is funny and it's mm-hmm. silly because they know it. But that's just this is the way I was born saying it, and I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna do it. Like, you, you pronounce your toughs correctly. So yeah, is that the my Raish, the tough, tough, tough. Raish is a big one because I can't. Yeah. If you try that, you just sound like Elma Fudd. Like, yeah. it's, like it's just terrible. Um, yeah, <laughs> and you're feeling mission driven these days. As now, you mentioned you're a cantor in Nashville. Yeah. Now, are you feeling like a, another part of your life of like kind of being more community driven and building that up? Yeah, that's cool. I definitely do. I think that that's been a really cool intersection of Mm -hmm. like the spirituality that um, I never even knew how much I needed until I met my wife and she's from a Chabad family. And there's just like everything is infused with spirituality and joy of of Judaism. And so that's uh, I've been, you know, working on that. I'm working on it. I'm working Mm. on it. I've been working on that. (laughs) And uh um, so yeah, so it's been really You're cool. You're watching Mark Norman this morning. Yeah. I'm working on it. Hey, I'm working on it. I'm that's like his it. catchphrase in between. <laughs> hey, well, I'm working on it. Yeah. But that's cool. So you're yeah. in Nashville now. I'm here in Jersey. David's in 
California. We are distant cousins. Very distant. But here we are. That's right. Any final words, Michael? Just about flipping out. About flipping out. Is there going to be a flipping out too? <laughs> Thank you for. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean you seem very. Um, you've processed all of it well, and you seem Thank very you. at peace with it. So that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. He boy. didn't kill his old bandmates, <laughs> Michael. They're still alive. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, uh, thanks for uh, tolerating all my questions. Because it is, it is an area that um, I could probably yeah. talk even longer about it. Yeah. All right. Like to, yeah. Round we'll two. We'll, we'll have to do, do round a follow-up yeah, follow episode. Yeah. That is Dove Rosenblatt, singer, songwriter, uh, creative. Cantor. And Cantor and... Cantor Dove. Community leader. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being on Buckle Up. Thank you all for having me. And for not even <laughs> mentioning my fedora once. <laughs> yeah. I know that was hard for you. That's Buckle Up episode <laughs> 37. Baby. We do a little... Come on, get get in there, oh my god. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Let's buckle up. Let's buckle up.